Profite. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk. I'm your host, Ken Nicholas, and I am joined by my podcast partner, Jason Salas. Jason? What's up, bro? So, hey, it's, it's December. been a while. It's December 2019. We're about to end the year, end the decade. It's going to be 2020 next year. Yeah. Like, when does Blade Runner take place? What, 2024? So we're, like, literally close to the Blade Runner year. In the film, right? Like, I mean, it's almost 2020. And, I, I mean, unless Google really turns things around, I don't think we're going to see... I mean, they are working on flying cars technically, but I don't think they're going to be that advanced. I mean, time is flying. 20 years ago, I was graduating high school. 20 years ago. 20 I years could, ago, I, I was three years out of college. <laughs> I consider myself pretty young, too. So that's that's wild. 20 years ago, I used Amazon for the first time. I bought... I bought my mom a hutch for Christmas, actually, ironically. So what was the best movie in 2000? Like, you know what came out around 2000? The Matrix. Matrix trilogy came out, like, 99. Yeah, it was The Matrix, which, which now mean, it's seems... it's not the best movie, but, you know, it did come out. It was new and fresh at the time. Yeah. That was, that was such epic filmmaking, too, because no one really took that grandiose of a story and then also went into such like amazing detail where every character's name yeah, had, had like some, yeah. you know, it wasn't just like, here's, you know, Tom, Tom, Dick and Harry, you know, it was like Persephone. Mor- yeah. Something. Morpheus and Persephone and the Merovingian and every, yeah. everything had some sort of philosophical or biblical reference. So that said, I mean, that's 20 years ago. There has been a amazing volume of great movies that have been created in the past 20 years. But we're, there has also been a great number of movies created in the past 10 years. So for the next three and a half, or next four weeks of our podcast, the next uh, four episodes, uh, we are going to be talking about the 10 best movies of every year of the past decade. So today we're going to do 2009, 10, 11. Oh, okay. I was going to say my favorite movie of the past 20 years just missed the cut. What was it? It was in 2006, The Queen. The Queen. Yeah, with Helen Mirren as, as Her Majesty. That was such an amazing movie. I mean, everybody says, okay, well, it hasn't got CGI. It hasn't got gunplay and everything like that. And, you know, it's a story that everybody knows because Princess Diana dies and you've got, you know, the conflict between the royal family and um, Tony Blair as the prime minister and the commoners and everything like that. But it was just such an amazing story and so well told. And it just missed the cut. But, you know, like, and honestly, there just are so many good movies so what I did is I put together a list of 100 movies, 10 movies for every year for the past 10 years. And I put a survey up on social media, on our Twitter, as well as my own personal Facebook. Asking, which I took. Which, I which was very good. people to rank these 10 movies. There were 100? There were 100. I know, I know it was long. I didn't think it you hit. very long. I didn't think you hit the triple digit mark. To rank every movie, um, you know, whether they liked it or not or whether they saw it or not. So... What we did is we have a scale of one to five, five being the best movie, one being like it's just a crappy movie or never watch it, and three being a number that either designates it was just middle of the road or you've never seen the film. So when we go through this list of uh, numbers and ratings, you'll notice that a bunch of the movies will have you know, a three, in which case we'll just disregard it as like, well, people just didn't see it. So according to your rating scale, three is actually, apathy is a fate worse than death. Three is worse than one. It's not worse than one. It's just different. Because one is worse than three. Like, not seeing a movie and being indifferent about something is worse than thinking something was trash. 
right? Uh-huh. So if well, you like, don't know, you don't know. But if you know that something's bad, then that's considerably worse. Right? Well, like Rush famously said, if you choose not to decide, you still made a choice. Well, there you go. So not a Rush fan. We're gonna go. Ah, I like Rush. But you like Tom Sawyer, and I that's a, like you, Tom you like Tom Sawyer and YYZ, yeah, and that's Y-Y-Z. about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we're gonna start with 2009. Um, okay. First movie on the list, and this one is not like the Queen. This one has a ton of special effects. It's James Cameron's Avatar, the box office breaking film. One of James Cameron's many box office breaking films. 2009. What do you What do you think, Chase? What do you think the the highest number of, or what, what do you think most people rated this as? Okay, I want to say because it happened. And what would you rate it as? That's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna. I'd give it a four. Um, I don't. I don't think it's okay. And for me, the way I, I rate movies is, I rarely will give fives or ones. Sure. I'm, I'm kind of like one of those. You know, I, I vote more. You know, I regress towards the mean. I agree. So, like, one would be absolutely worth, like, that is the outlier, like, this movie is just horrible. That's like, you know, Showgirls, from Justin to sure. Kelly. The Green Room. Yeah. Or, and five would be, like, the absolutely best. Godfather. Anything by Christopher Nolan. Right? Uh, well. So, so you would say four. Okay, so what do you think yeah. the people, the average person probably... I'd would... say probably four, only because, only because a decade has passed, and there have and everybody still to this day has so much of a mental boner for Endgame. And I think that supply, I mean, it not only supplanted um, Avatar in terms of like highest box office revenue, but also like with special effects and everything like that. So I think it kind of bumped Avatar. I would assume everybody voted for because I, I don't think everybody would just vote it that, that much higher because recency bias is definitely going to play a factor here, I would think. So the highest or the, the most popular response was in fact four stars. 42% of our there you uh, go. Participants voted it as a four. Um, only fifteen percent voted as a three, which means 15, like fifteen percent of them didn't see the movie. I didn't even think Avatar. I mean, yeah, the visuals were amazing and you know jaw dropping. But uh, to be honest, I was more blown away at the CGI in the um, the Final Fantasy movie. Sure, yeah, the, sp- yeah, was the spirits within. within? Yeah, but that's, that's way before Avatar. Yeah, but uh, and that's why. And I was like, I, I just thought the computer animation in that. Was I mean Avatar super cool? You know, completely new world, and you know, blue people getting it on, and you know, flying again, flying cars and everything. But so here's something interesting: fifteen percent probably didn't see it. Fifteen percent rated it a one. Ten percent rated it as a two, and then fifteen percent rated it as a five. So okay, interesting. I think also historically we have to we have to at least consider the fact that. When this came out in 2009, so you've got 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. 2011, right? Let's mm-hmm. say three-year grace period. Yep. That's really when – okay, so Twitter came out in 2007. It really only took hold in with mainstream people, not just hardcore internet nerds like you and I. Um, it really started ga- gaining some traction maybe around you know, 2010, 2011. And then it really became you know, the haven for haters, Maybe like later on, so it didn't really get to suffer, you know, all of the extreme negativity. But people were kind of snarking on Avatar. I know in the beginning. I mean, it did have the weird, like it had the parallels to like um, colonialism, right? Like there, these people come to invade this alien territory and farm an item called unobtainium, which you know has a parallel to like 
U.S. government going into, mm-hmm. you know, the Middle East to get oil or something. Right? And Avatar is also pre-meme, and I, I think that has a lot to do with public perception. Sure. Um, like, uh, why can I not? Oh, like um, the band from Canada. Oh, uh, Nickelback. Yeah, Nickelback. But, yeah. Yeah. You like Nickelback, right? I like Nickelback. I do not Nickelback. Like Nickelback. Okay, now man. now is that a, is that Stop. a by, is that a byproduct because of the memes and because everybody just loves like ragging on them? No, I just don't like Chad Kroger. But you know, Jason, mm-hmm. we're digressing here. Okay. Okay, like we have thirty movies that we got to get. Oh, okay. Today, Sorry, my bad. But we're pushing through. So number two from two thousand nine, District Nine, the Charlton Copley movie. You may know him from the A Team. He plays Murdoch. Mm-hmm. In the A team, wow, uh, that was ten years ago. South African actor as well as director, and District Nine is the movie about the aliens. An alien species already lives on Earth, and are kept in refugee type of camps. And this guy who's an alien hater, um, you know, he kind of gravitates towards the plight of this alien species. Very interesting movie. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Most people voted it as. This is probably difficult. Like, if you can't think of the movie, what would you think most people? <laughs> I want to say again, four. You know, good, better than average, but not elite. So most people, assuming that they filled this survey out correctly, did not see it. So fifty percent, or uh, I'm sorry, forty-two percent of the people Whoa. who voted on this gave it a three, which assumes that either thought it was middle of the road or they did not see it. So, but for the sake of just keeping it simple, we're saying three means. Was this a little too sci-fi? Like, you you have to be, like, a really hardcore sci-fi head to, like, really appreciate this movie? I don't know. I thought this movie was brilliant. It's one of of my favorite movies. I would have given it a four. Um, Or did people see this as kind of like the poor man's Cloverfield? Because it came out, like, right afterwards, Yeah, but this has nothing. Cloverfield is a straight horror, like, monster movie. This is not a monster movie. This is a, like, political movie, you know? It is about, you know, refugees and, you know, being put in concentration camps or being held... Uh, and, you know, a certain racial prejudice, you know, except it's not a person, it's an alien, right? Or there's this alien race that's being hated on, right? So, uh, but 36% uh, voted for for it. So it did good. And it got no bad votes. So not bad. Hmm. All right. How about Hurt Locker, Catherine Bigelow's award-winning uh, film about a EOD team starring Jeremy Renner? Um, Anthony Mackie. Guy Pierce, Anthony Mackie. Um, what do you think? Okay. When I filled out your survey, I gave this a five. I even I increased the font size on my browser to 500% to make sure that I hit the right radio button because I wanted to make sure I gave this a five. I thought Hurt Locker was better than American Sniper. I thought Hurt Locker was better than Black Hawk Down. One of the best military slash war movies I have ever seen. Um and it's weird because there's very few scenes. I mean, this, this whole thing takes place only, like, what, over maybe a month? And the, the, the passage of time is very minimal. Um, they don't really have that many side stories that, that divert from the main thing about, you know, the mental stress you go through as, as a bomb specialist. Um, and, and the ending was, was a home run. The pacing of this movie is very slow, right? Like, it seems very slow, but you're yeah. always caught at the edge of your seat, right? I, I, I actually think Herlock is really, really good. At really it's very intense, yeah. For, for a, movie, a movie that's that kind of, like, slow and, like, you know, maybe clotting, and that's not, that's not an indictment of the movie, you, you, feel, you feel gripped. Like, you know, when they're in that gunfight, and, you yeah. know, like, they're taking out that, you know, that sniper and, like, the, what was it, the, 
the bunker or yeah, whatever yeah. like that and it takes him a while to actually finally like get him and everything it feels like that scene goes on for like yeah. 25 minutes yeah so you know i mean 42 percent like uh district nine uh 42 percent probably did not see the film or felt indifferent about it which but is pretty surprising district nine or hurt locker both oh okay yeah. and um for hurt locker 36 percent gave it um a four four stars and only 10 percent gave it five stars so uh, and actually one person rated it as a horrible, horrible film. So interesting. Interesting to see that as its uh, most popular choice. But four stars, pretty good. Not bad. Would you say this is... Okay, we we like Jeremy Renner on this podcast. Sure. We've talked about him a bunch of times. I mean, that's one of his better roles. It's way better than, than Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Like, you know, that's would you say? Sure. Would you say... Okay, another movie that we really appreciate about Jeremy Renner. Not Jason Bourne. Would you say this is his maybe his one of his better roles since he played Jeffrey Dahmer? Yes, yes, it's, pro- it's probably his best role. Arguably one of his best roles. I mean, when you've got you know the Avengers, okay, you know there's a certain amount of gravitas with that, but then when you've also got you were the bad guy in SWAT. It's one of you were his you were Jason roles, Bourne in the man. worst Jason Bourne it's movie in the series. Yeah. For sure, one of his better roles. Okay. Yeah, he was good. How about Taken? The first Taken with Liam Neeson, the start of the old man hero action star. Like, what do you think people... What would you rate it? And what do you think most people rated it? I get, okay, again, I gave it a four. Okay. Just because this was the movie that really, in the YouTube era, really drove home the power of the trailer. Everybody shared this trailer when it and came it, out. And it's just a monologue, you know? The, there were more instances of this YouTube clip showing up on my Facebook timeline than there were Farmville friend so, requests. People telling me they got the freaking, the freaking turnip fewer four, than... Four stars... 42% of people voted at four stars. So that by far, no one voted it as bad. And mostly everyone on our list either watched it, right? Uh, but here's an alarming number. 31% gave it five stars. Like thought that this was one of the best movies ever. Or like, I get, you know, we'll just consider it a must watch. Because it's hard to, you know, really put a pulse on what people think of when they choose the criteria. Well, it's also, it's very accessible. For. You know, you're... Your your baby girl is abducted, and a guy. You know, I mean, he's trying his best to stay calm and composed. He's like, "Okay, we'll get underneath the bed. You're going to be taken." I mean, how can you do I that? Mean, as would a you dad? ever imagine that this would ever spawn a series of films, three films to be exact, with old ass Liam Neeson? Yeah, and he, I mean, he became a the guy from stuff. Next of Kin, which I came mean, out in like okay, '91. Liam Neeson was in Darkman. Okay, so he does have some action hero chops, but come on, man. Right, like after this, his career went crazy. You know, Raz, I mean, the Razal Ghul. He was in the Gray. He's in that other action movie where he's on the train. Like the guy really, you know, sparked his. Oh, by the way, Star Wars. He did that. M. So, all right. Next he was Qui Gon Jinn. How about Up? Two thousand nine, the Pixar film about the old man who joins the the chubby kid, and I want to say saddest first seven minutes of any movie that has ever probably. been produced probably if you if you weren't weeping i mean even if you can't empathize if and both of us have lost one of our mm-hmm. one of our beloved parents we we know what it's like to go yeah. through that traumatic experience um even though this I'm wasn't a parent just thinking about it yeah like it's probably one of the, the, the most and, powerful scenes was this still considered disney pixar i don't know it's under the disney umbrella no, I, don't but, think so. I don't but i mean you know Animated films normally do not hit that hard with that much emotion. What do you? What do you? What would you rate it? What do you think people rated it the most? 
honestly, I think it gets it gets so much love just for the opening scene. But I, to be honest with you, I couldn't even tell you what happened for the rest of the movie. It's, it's what would you rate it though? Three, three. Yeah, up is amazing. It, no, it is. Know it's amazing. The, you like, know the, the the CGI of the old man is cool, and the dog and everything like that. But again, I mean, it, it, yeah. okay, it's okay. okay. In my mind, it's so top heavy because of the opening scene. I, it's a brilliant movie. Yeah. It is brilliant, the, and the the kid, the supporting actor, is a is a great character. But so forty two percent, a whopping forty two percent, the most of uh, uh, on this particular movie rated it five stars, and then thirty one percent rated it four stars. And then the remainder did not see the movie. So that's very, very high. That's actually the, the highest so far that we've gotten to. So, All right. And, and you know what? They never, made, they never made a sequel to Up. And Up is like one of those movies. It's not like, okay, Ant's mm-hmm. Life. Let's do you know, two, three movies just to cash in. And, and even if the movie flops, we've got the merch. We've got you know, I mean, Up, the TV really, show. Up it was pretty groundbreaking because it set the way for other similar, like really powerful uh, animated films like um, – Gosh, what is the movie about? Cars? Feelings? No, 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 oh. cars. The, the ones where there's different feelings. In and out. In and out. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Um, like Coco or whatever the one with the about the Dios de las Muertes. Or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, moving on. Inglorious Bastards, the Quentin Tarantino film, which is a retelling, a modified version of what happened during World War II. Christopher Waltz's first breakthrough into American cinema, starring Brad. Pitt, I gotta say, not a big Eli fan. Roth. Well, what did you give it? What do you think people gave it? Or the most? What, what? I would okay. I would give it a three. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, I was not, I was neither trying to knock this movie down, nor was I like running through the streets of Guam mm-hmm. of Dedido right out here, and you know like saying everybody go see that movie. Good picture. Um, and because it's Tarantino, I think that that gets a little bit of cred. Um, I'll say most people gave it a four or a five. Okay, most people did give it a five. Thirty-six percent gave it a five. Thirty-one percent gave it a four. Okay, it's an action movie. It's got, I mean, it's Quentin Tarantino, and it's... it has really good dialogue. There are a couple scenes in there that are really like they're they're that's and, the most memorable. And thing if it's about Tarantino, Tarantino and Eli Roth, there are going to be dudes getting shot. Oh yes, and in excruciating gory detail. Like there are two or three just really memorable scenes in that movie that are all dialogue driven. The first scene. When uh, they go into the house in the woods and they're looking for the daughters who are hiding underneath the, the home. The other scene right before the shootout in the bar where he you know, discovers that he is not really European because of the way he asked for the beer. Brad and, Pitt you're talking about. Yeah. Wait, uh, is this Brad Pitt? No, it's Christopher. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. And then the, fin- the final scene where Diane Kruger is killed, right? So uh, like those are all pretty powerful scenes. Drag Me to Hell, the funny horror movie by Sam Raimi where an insurance They're all funny by Sam Raimi. Where an insurance, this young snobby chick is an insurance adjuster and she refuses to give this older woman, this gypsy woman uh, her insurance claim and as a result she curses her. A lot of people don't really remember this movie, I guess. But it was actually, to me, it was one of my favorite movies. Okay, Asha, we miss you. We love you. I know Asha was a huge fan of Drag Me to Hell. So most people, 47%, did not see this film. Many people, 15%, gave it a zero or one star. Uh, 26% gave it a two star. So not a lot of people not like that one. So, oops. 
Okay. Blindside. Wait. Okay. So this is the this is the point. Sorry. This is the point in in Sam Raimi's career. He already gained notoriety because of Evil Dead One and Two. Yes. Yes. He I mean, made his Spider Man. Yeah. He made his money because of Spider Man and everything like that. Was he more of a of an auteur filmmaker because of this movie, or was was he just trying to like cash in on? Oh, okay. Re- hey, remember me? I'm the guy that did Evil Dead, and you know. I was funny. And he went man. to the well a, a couple too many times. It was good. I thought it was good. I think it's underrated. I think it's heavily underrated. People hate on that movie. I thought it was good. Blindside, the biopic about uh, what's his name, Michael Orr. Michael Orr, starring uh, Sandra Bullock, for which she won the Academy Award for Best Actress. What do you think it did? That's an Academy Award winner. Yeah, I, I gave it a. Fu- the The thing that's funny about this too is is it's a pretty long movie. Um, this was a this was part of a novella by Michael Lewis, who wrote Moneyball and who wrote The Big Short. All right. Yep. Uh, this was. And this was just like even in a novella, it's it's a very, it's only maybe I want to say twenty five pages. It's a real short passage and everything like that. But um, good, per- strong performance by Sandra Bullock. I think a lot of people say she won it just because nobody expected that kind of performance from Sandra Bullock. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. True. I mean, if it was Meryl Streep or Glenn Close, they'd be like, okay, well, you know, it's just Meryl being Meryl, right? But um, really good. You can you can watch it at any time. I mean, you can get out of the shower butt naked, and if Blindside is on, you'll probably sit on your couch dripping wet. Yeah. Um, okay. I I, get, I gave it a five, and I would assume that most people would get it a five just because it's such a feel so good. So twenty one percent gave it a five, but thirty six percent gave it a four. So thirty six percent being the highest uh, of all of its. It's actually got good football footage too. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. How about Michael Orb himself did not like this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he was mad because he said it made him look like too much of a doofus and an ignoramus. Because he was a brilliant student. He was not as dumb as they perceived. And he was also an All-American in basketball. How about The Hangover? The first ever real cool buddy movie of the generation starring, uh, what is his name? Bradley Cooper, Ken Jeong, and those two other dudes from The Hangover. Oh, Zach Galifianakis. What do you think? Your rating, and then what do you think the average? We got a lot of movies together. Okay, this 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 was like an evolution of the bro movie. Yep. Not necessarily stoner movie. Not, that was hilarious. Though. Yeah, not TNA. Also, Todd Phillips before he did Joker. This this was the movie where he really made a name for himself. He was also in the movie. He was Mr. Creepy. A whopping sixty three percent. Gave five. us a four. Oh. Oh. Twenty-one percent uh, gave it a five. So, and most people have seen it. But that sixty-one per sixty. I'm oh, sorry, sixty-three percent is the most uh, of any one we've seen so far in terms of. That's about, okay. How many respondents to your poll? Nineteen. Oh, okay. So we weren't trying to give out the number of respondents to the poll. Just oh, okay. Reason, but anyway, whatever. Moving this is not scientific, obviously. Star Trek two thousand nine. That's surprising the, that people people weren't that much more pleased with. Hangover. What do you mean? That's a lot. Four stars? No, no. I mean, I thought... 63, 12 I, people? I would assume that five would be the best just because it was like it was like the comedy that people keep going yeah, back yeah, to. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's not the greatest movie. How about Star Trek? The... What would you call it? The remake of Star Trek? Yeah. Chris... What's his name? I can't even think. I can't even remember the guy's name. The, the main guy in Star Trek. 
Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. And apparently, okay, our, our good friend Ray Gibson, long time, a legend of Guam broadcasting, said on the air that I look like Zachary Quinto. You do. He thought I looked like Mr. Spock, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. You do look like him. Really? Yeah. It's kind of a beta look, but yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, what do you think most people gave it? Into, wait, this is, into, this is the original, this, the, 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 the original the, remake. The original remake. Okay. Not, not Into the, Darkness. Not the, yeah. No. That one, I think we'll talk about that yeah. later. Three? All only, right. Only, only because there are so many Star Trek purists, and you can't yeah, screw with those I guys. I know, right? I mean, and it was good. It's a J.J. Abrams film. Yeah, you know, but I'm nerd is nerd, and nerds are hard to impress. A whopping 42% gave it a five. Mm. How crazy is okay. that? And then 31% was the next largest amount uh, haven't seen the movie. Now, we, that's 2009, so we're jumping into 2010 here. I'm gonna, we're just going to go off with the killer right off the bat. Inception, the Christopher Nolan movie about going into a person's dream to control their train of thought and then going into a dream of a dream in order to create a deeper thought i'm gonna say most people gave it a five even though most people had no idea what the movie was about probably true yeah incredible movie leonardo dicaprio tom hardy i mean just just the buildings and the towers like folding you know having that what's that girl's name that, that you mini like, planet the one from uh rose Byrne. no she's not in there no. uh i like rose Byrne. mary uh marion cotler's in there oh gosh i can't even think of this girl's name anyway 57 percent gave it a five that's the highest of all the fives that we have talked okay. about so far. And that's by far the highest uh, rating on anything there. Oh, Ellen Page. Yeah. Ellen Page. There you go. Toy Story 3. This was probably the best of the series, right? I didn't watch the fourth one, so, but yeah. Toy you watched Story. the fourth one in the theater? I didn't watch it. I was there, but I didn't watch it. Toy Story 3. Mm. It's Disney, it's Pixar. How can you lose? Five. Overwhelmingly five. All right. So I guess most people didn't see Toy Story 3 because 47% gave it a three. And the next highest was four stars at 31% and no negative scores for it. So pretty good. Now here, the next film we're talking about. I okay, now, really the, like. now the population distribution of your Facebook friends that you sent this to is starting to show. Of course. <laughs> right? Interesting. Because you've got all the Star Trek guys and you've got the horror movie guys. I, it's and weird. Then... It's weird. No, because you know what? Actually, the people who – it's a really wide spectrum of tastes. But... Okay, me, Asha, and 17 other people. Well, obviously. So, <laughs> next one, Social Network. David Fincher's film about the uh, – about – Mark Zuckerberg and how he created Facebook. It was an amazing film. I saw I this three it. times in the theater. I gave it. A, I gave it a five. The, the dialogue was amazing. The camera work was good. Um, Trent Reznor won the Academy Award for best score of Nine Inch Nails. Um, All right. Just that. Just that dialogue alone. I mean, really introduced. I mean, this is not Jesse Eisenberg's first film, but it really introduced most of us to. Jesse Eisenberg, the actor, not just the guy who's in movies. So, awkwardly enough, 36%, most people who did the survey did not see this film. Um, but 26% did give it a 5. And then there were a couple of low scores at 2. And then about the same amount of medium scores at 4. So, interesting. But I thought it was a really good movie. I think it's a strong movie. I think that's a movie that you got to watch. It's a must-watch yeah. for me. How did you it's think- not in my top 10 of decade though. what do you think about jesse eisenberg capturing 
the Zuck, you know, his mannerisms, his, his, his almost, you know, they say he may be on the spectrum. I mean, maybe, I, I guess it's, he accurate. may have Asperger's, you know, his, his but manner of speaking. I, I guess it's ac- accurate, but since I don't know Mark Zuckerberg, I'm, you know, I'm free to embellish how he wishes, you know. All right, next, Shutter Art, Shutter Island, the Martin Scorsese film. I put a three because I know you love this movie. I have not seen it. With Mark Ruffalo. Okay, Jason didn't see it, so he can't really give a score on it. Most people also didn't see it. 36% of people uh, did not vote on this one. Um, but 15% voted at a five, 26% voted at a four, and uh, 21% voted at a two. How about hmm. the King's Speech? The story about um, yes Henry we- is it Henry? I one of the kings. He has a lisp. Not a good public speaker, but then he hires a uh, person to teach him public speaking, and you know he becomes better at it, especially during a challenging time in the history of the country. Guy Pierce was the Duke of Windsor. Um, Jeffrey Rush plays the uh, yeah. So anyway, most people didn't see it. 63% didn't see this film. One person voted as five stars. And then one person voted it as horrible. So interesting to see that. You need, of... to, you need to send this, this survey out again to a wider swath of your friends who actually get out of and the house. And actually, I include myself in that what? group. And what we're going to do is we're going to put the link in the podcast description where you can click. Oh, hell yeah. And also put your recommendations there. And, you know, when we finish the whole thing, we'll come back at it and look and see how these things have changed a little bit. Because the world just does not revolve around Star Trek and I Insidious, you guys. I mean, guys Get some culture in your life. King's Speech was really one of, like, it's a really, really, like, heartfelt movie for me. I really enjoyed it. I'm surprised to see it score so low. But, you know, some people don't like to watch that drama. The Fighter, starring Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale. Five. Most people gave it a four, 47%. And a couple people, 10%, gave it a five. And then there was a bunch who did not see it. So, Okay, next one. We're gonna, we might skip this one. It's Animal Kingdom. It's a movie with Guy Pierce, Joel Egerton. Joel Egerton's first film. Uh, it's about the mafia, mafia family in Australia. One of the best movies of 2010. 84%, a whopping 84%. Nearly everyone on our list did not see this film. One person gave it a one star, and then two other people gave it a four star. 84% have not seen that film. I say it's a film to see. Next, Black Swan, Natalie Portman. Uh, That's crazy that that was in the last. Challenging. It just feels like that movie was, has been out for so much longer. Oh, it's only, I, mean, I mean, it's pretty long, 2010. Yeah. Most people didn't see it. Again, I think this, this really showed that Natalie Portman is an actor. She's not just. Not just a pretty face who, you know, people put in Iron Man and they put in the Star Wars movies and everything like that. She ca- she has thespian chops. It's an incredible movie. Uh, Darren Aronofsky uh, directed this. Yep. Um, but, yeah, like 47% of people didn't see this film. He started dating Jennifer Lawrence right after this and movie. And this had a very clear split. So, you know, there was 10% who gave it a 1, 3% who gave it – or I'm sorry, 15% who gave it a 2, 15% who gave it a 4, and 10% who gave it a 5. So very interesting spread there. How to Train Your Dragon, which, by the way, on NBC uh, over the week, we were going to show a special How to Train Your Dragon film, Christmas film, on our on Channel 8. Thank I did you. not like the first film that came out in 2010. You did not like How to Train Your Dragon? No. The, the, the sequels, uh, the, ironically, I think the sequels were actually better. The art direction, I think, was neat. We, you know, dragons aren't usually drawn like that, mm-hmm. where their heads it's are so like funny. footballs. and It's cute. Yeah. 
42% gave it a four star, its highest rating. The next highest rating, 36%, gave it a five star. So over 80% of this, uh, um, you know, votes gave it. How could you guys have this much praise for How to Train Your Dragon? You guys didn't even watch Toy Story 3. Well, you know, The Town, the movie with Jeremy Renner, Ben Affleck, play uh, some East Coast guys who try to do a bank robbery. Most people. Gee, Ben Affleck playing playing a guy from the Northeast. What what a stretch. 63% of people didn't see it. How many times has he done that? So that's surprising. But it only had positive reviews outside of that. So that's interesting. Next, Drive. The Ryan Gosling. Um, Gosling film, critically acclaimed. Yeah. Um, it's tied to uh, seven, 36% didn't see it. 36% gave it a four star. And then one person gave it a one star. This is one of those movies that if you really, really like film from a writing standpoint, from a, from a cinematography standpoint, you know, from a dialogue standpoint, you really like this. But a lot of people just like it just because it's, you know, it's still accessible. It's not just like a snob film. That's yeah, interesting. And next we are jumping into the uh, 2011. And here we are with The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is the remake of the Swedish film. Uh, the remake of the Swedish film, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, starring Rooney Mara, as well as Daniel Craig. Um, what do you think? Did you watch that Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I watched the parts of the first one. Um, and I must say, I, I was kind of biased because when, when this came out, Rooney Mara super, super talented. I'm a total Kate Mara fanboy, though. Mm-mm. So, well, for this movie, most people... Uh, and this four stars forty. Okay, and this is a crude way to say this, but do you think a lot of people saw this as this was like, and this is a terrible way to describe it, but like a chick version of Jason Bourne? No, no, it's not. I don't think so. Because no, I've, I've at all, not at all. It's actually a very interesting story. But um, anyway, let's because relatively the same time, like the espionage movies, like were but this really... is not an espionage movie at all. It has absolutely nothing to do with espionage at all. Girl with Dragon Tattoo is not about that. She's a hacker to a troubled – she has a troubled background, and Daniel Craig is a journalist who's investigating something, and they try to solve a murder. Nothing to do with espionage. No, but she's a spy, right? No, she's not a spy. Oh. But hey, you know, you get you – know, I don't know. Maybe sleep during the movies. I'm not yeah, sure. I was going to say. But, but, you know, I know you got stuff to do, so we're going to run through the rest of 2011 and just end this first episode. We're just finishing through 2011. Jiro Dreams of Sushi. The documentary oh, about seven. Okay, well, okay, you know, or a three if you are down with the uh, Michelin three star rating. Ah, very so. nice. Okay, Jiro, Jiro or Euro, with the proper Japanese pronunciation. Jiro, Jiro, right? Yeah. Okay, See, bro, what is it? Europe? It's not a Euro. No, it's not. It's not a good. It's not a Greek. It's not a Greek pita bread, right? <laughs> no, but okay. Jiro dreams of sushi. Also, the only documentary that's on on your survey, I, I well, is, is it? it? I don't know. Maybe I mean, it might. But I remember I was surprised when you put it up there. But delight- I almost didn't want to put it. Twenty eleven was a kind of dry year. For no, me, so. but delightfully so because that was such an amazing movie, and just to show that that there still are those kind of people that take such pride in their work. And this little old Japanese man and what his two sons, two mm-hmm. sons, two or one, yeah, two I think. that that they have this sushi restaurant in this nondescript hole in the wall. 
little place in a subway station. But it's just amazing how much... And people make reservations like a year and a half yeah, it's out. A ridiculous. And, and for him to make you a proper sushi meal, it's like, what, 13 plates? Each plate is like... Or like five 400, plates. Or is it... Well, yeah, something like six, five or seven plates or something. So well, key point, each being like 300 bucks. I, I think the whole meal is like that, but yeah. 700 bucks or whatever. But, I mean, it, it just shows so much about, you know, about the human spirit and about creativity and about, you know, dedicating yourself yeah. to your craft. And it got no negative reviews. We have 31% who gave it a four-star, 31% who gave it a five-star. Mm-hmm. So This was also one of the first movies I ever watched in 4K, and it looks beautiful. Moneyball. Mm. Speaking like of Moneyball. Michael. Five. Five? Most people did not watch Moneyball, I guess. What? Well, you know, 42% gave it a three star, so I don't know if they thought it was whatever. I know you like sports. I'm, I'm assuming besides me, you've got other people in your Facebook graph. 36% who gave it a four star and, tw- and 21% who gave it five stars. So it did get good reviews. Okay. I wonder if it's because the, the respondents to the survey were just pissed off because there wasn't more sports action scenes more sequences because i mean this movie is very very dialogue driven completely different than the book the book michael lewis basically you know he he got his graduate degree at the london school of economics the book is so much more mathematically heavy i mean you would like this because you're a math geek um but but it really it really tells a story of the of the 2002 oakland a's and how they use statistics to yeah. kind of evaluate their players. Yeah. It's amazing. And now analytics is like the big thing to do and, you know, sabermetrics and so Bill a, James and that whole thing. There's a couple movies here we're just going to skip over. God, that's crazy. Because it seems like no one really knew what they were. The Ides of March, which stars uh, Ryan um, Gosling again and George Clooney, political movie about a candidate running for Senate. I believe uh, 73% did not see it, so... Or gave it that, you know, three. So this is the part in Clooney's career where he kind of like, you know, he got married. He moved to Italy. He was. He, after, this is post Brother Where Art Thou. You know, he, he was more, more doing more artsy pieces rather than you know. Yeah. He, it was either Ocean's Eleven or stuff like this. Raid Redemption, which is uh, one of my I'm out. favorite movies. Not like, no clue. Amazing movie. Uh, most people didn't see it. Fifty-seven percent, but everyone else who did see it gave it a very good rating. So, give it a five stars. Bridesmaids, which is kind of like the female version of Hangover, if you will. Starring Melissa McCarthy, Rose Byrne, um, Maya... Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Yep. You know who Maya Rudolph is the daughter of, right? Girl. What's that other girl? Minnie Ripperton, who, oh, sang, wow. who sang Loving You. That's amazing. Yep. That's her daughter. So, Bridesmaids. Most people gave it a 40, 40, uh, three stars. 42% gave it a three stars. But 31% gave it a four-star, and 15% gave it five stars. So people positively, or had a positive response for uh, Bridesmaids. And we have a couple more movies here. My Way, which only one person saw, and they gave it four stars. No one else saw this movie. Korean movie about a Japanese Olympic marathon runner and a Korean Olympic marathon runner who were rivals for their entire childhood, through college, through the Olympics, but during war were united, like they met on the battlefield, and then they saved each other. Amazing movie. Only one. And true story. True story. Wow. Amazing. Um, Source Code, Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Terrible. Terrible. Trash. Most people didn't. Two would be generous. I guess we're just skipping that one. 
There were so many. There were so many movies that came out before Social Network about like computers. Uh, Firewall with Paul Bettany and with um, Harrison Ford. Different, bro. Junk. Source Code is awesome. Eagle Eye was terrible. Yes, yeah. The source Code was different. Source, source Code was junk. Cool. Anyway, the last one. As someone who writes Source Code, I can say that that movie as, was terrible. <laughs> there you go. As in the last one, Warrior, the movie starring Joel Egerton, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is a war vet. Comes back, learns MMA. His brother is a veteran MMA fighter. Both of them rekindle their careers, meet in a final MMA match. This was 2011, the height of MMA, if you will, the pinnacle of MMA in the world. Um, 21% gave it five stars. 10% gave it four stars. Mm -hmm. And I guess a lot of people just didn't see it. 57%. Would you say this is Apex Tom Hardy? No. No, because he got Uh, better. No. No, Tom Hardy got better than this. And we're going to see that later on. Yeah, because Mad Max comes up and... So, thank you. Wait, okay, wait. Sorry, one one thing. When did Ongbok come out? Ongbok is uh, ninety eight or ninety seven. Is it that old? It's very old. Okay. So, but um, yo, that was that's only the first few years. We're, we've still got eight more years to talk about, and we're gonna split that up into a couple more episodes of podcasts. And in the final podcast of the year, we are gonna count down the ten best films of the decade. From this list. So we're just going to take the best room for every year. And it should be Jiro Dreams of Sushi. We'll see. For 2011, it could be. <laughs> there was, 2011 looked like a dry year. So we'll definitely see. Thank you for tuning in. Um, shout out to our sponsor, Tango Theaters. And we will catch you next week on Real Talk. Happy, Happy movie. movie.